about all kinds of fun things, ideas that matter, things to do, things to think about. And I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, feeling, inspired to do something. And I'm glad you've made the connection today. It is Memorial Day, and spring has sprung. My mother used to say that Minnesotans get collective amnesia when spring comes. We absolutely forget that winter ever happened. And my father, who was a physicist, just loved being outdoors. His uh, Outdoors was his great love. And he would just sit out there and study things and just take it all in. And one of my favorite memories of him was having him take me around and show me dirt. He would pick up dirt and go, this has a lot of loam in it. This is, this is good for growing. This is clay. This needs to have something mixed with it. This is sandy. Now, maybe carrots would grow here, but, you know, you're going to have a hard time with other plants. And he just loved the world around him, and he gave me a great love and is probably one of the big reasons why I have my hobby farm. And today, we're going to be talking about dirt along with gardening. And I have two wonderful guests that are joining me. I have Catherine McEnroe, who I consider a garden magician. She's also a lawyer. Good morning. Welcome, Catherine. How are you? I'm excellent. Good. I, I have lots of good questions for you. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, and you ha I see you have your papers. <laughs> I do. It's the lawyer in me. Good, 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 good. We also have Kurt Schultz, who is from Glencoe, which is from my mom's side of the family, where she... Uh, her roots are. You are a farmer and a thespian. Aye, that's correct. And it's top of the day to all of you. Now, that was old herbaceous. No, 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 no. <laughs> old herbaceous would be good morning and the top of the day to all of you. So we may have several people showing up in Kurt today who will channeling uh, herbaceous as well as others. I'd say you, you just should all be prepared for anything. There we go. Well, I also kind of want to have this be a little bit like the Farmer's Almanac, where we have stories, we have poetry, we have ideas, we have the things that we've been doing. And I came across um, a, a quote by Samuel Scoville Jr. At last came the golden month, the wild folk, honey sweet May, when the birds come back and the flowers come out, and the air is full of the sunrise scents and songs of the dawning year. I always think of spring as more like the beginning of the year than January. Oh, absolutely. It, Everything is coming back to life. Doesn't it? It, it It's it the time of renewal. Every year in Minnesota that things start growing again after our winters, <laughs> especially, especially this winter. Three weeks, or was it about three weeks ago that we had 18 inches? I believe, 18 yes, inches? just maybe a, a month ago as things were starting to come to life. We were having a blizzard. Yeah, it was bizarre. I had birds that were looking for food that I kept putting more food out. It was just so sad. They were looking at me like, I thought this was spring. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I had nothing to do with it, but I will give you food. So tell me about dirt, Catherine. You like dirt. You think dirt's well, really I important. Well, I think that uh, dirt is the most important thing if you uh, want to get interested in gardening. And many people um, miss that point. They they look at where they're located, their home, their mm -hmm. um, their farm, whatever, and they they begin planting things without thinking about what they're planting in. I will have to say that I have been guilty of that. But, you know, I, I have some good dirt because I also have horses and I work in the manure in the fall. Well, that's excellent. But um, I, I don't pay much more attention to that. And and you discovered that last year when you came out to my farm and you looked at my tomatoes. Yes. And I, I had the tomato shame. Yes. The, the, um, the standard mistake is to plant your tomatoes in the same spot every year, which then depletes the soil of the things that the tomatoes need. And usually by the second or third year, you will plant your tomatoes, and then you will discover right at the moment that they're ripening that they have something called blossom end rot. And which, I did. Yes, I did. All yes. my tomatoes, they were no good to eat. They were just like spoiled yes. just as soon as they came to be. And Kurt would understand this as a farmer, that you must rotate your crops, even if your crop is merely a few tomato plants. Well, you know, I think I did a pretty good run. I did 15 years of tomato planting in the same place. And it was just this well, last you're very year. Lucky. <laughs> so 
You're very lucky. <laughs> so in rotating, I should think about other plant families, not just not Correct. tomatoes. Something that will take something different out of the soil. So beans be Correct. good? Or, or Brussels sprouts, something in the cabbage family um, would be a good choice to avoid that. Um, you can, of course, amend the soil with uh, various minerals and things that you can buy at any gardening store as well. Um, but it's better just to rotate the crops. And it's great that you're putting the manure in. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that's very helpful is to mix in pine needles. Pine needles? Tell me pine more about that. Pine needles and, well, you, you want to balance the uh, acid versus the alkaline aspects of the soil. Isn't it hard to till it up in the... It is, but yeah. it will break down and... You can also put in um, ashes from any uh, fire pit, fireplace. Really? Wood ashes. Wood ashes. Wood ashes is best? Wood ashes. What's, what's left after you burn the wood is the mineral that's in the wood, and you're adding that to the soil. So what are good components that a soil should have? Well, I, I think um, we need to remember that the soil is alive. The earth is is alive it's it's a living being and there's there's microbes and fungi in the soil that that break down carbon and we need to feed that too so we we need so just like i feed my dogs i need to be feeding my soil actually absolutely a lot of people you refer to it as it. the livestock that are underground yeah in the soil yes you're you're feeding it with the with the manure from your horses that I just kind of knew because I knew. That. And, 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 you know, uh, the, the leaves. I should put trees. In the fall, I should put the leaves. You can, you can mix them in. Leaves and grass clippings, rather than bag them up and haul them away, that should go right back into the soil. And, and a sign of healthy soil, um, for example, is it, do you see a lot of worms when you mm -hmm. throw that shovel in the soil? If you're seeing a lot of worms, that's, that's a good sign. Because they're in there working the soil as well. Is there a type of dirt or a type of soil that's best for a vegetable garden? Well, I, I think that uh, you're going to want something fairly loamy. Mm -hmm. um, if you're digging in and you're seeing some lighter colored sort of really clay-like soil, you're mm -hmm. going to need to put some peat moss you're going to need to put in some pine needles, some uh, wood ashes, some manure. Mix that all together um, before you plant because it's not nothing is going to grow in the clay. Is there a color that I should look for? Like you said, clay. So if I see well, that it's, it's just, orangey, is it dark? Is it's black going, dirt? It's going to be a darker color mm -hmm. and it will, have a, it will have what I call an earthy smell. Correct. Yes, when... When I was working uh, with a girlfriend last weekend to do um, some hardscaping on her front garden, I was explaining to her, as you dig into the soil, usually in Minnesota, almost everywhere, you'll go about six to eight inches and you will hit clay mm -hmm. in most areas, unless you're on a farm or somewhere mm -hmm. where the soil has been worked continuously or you have a beautiful place that's had trees forever. Mm -hmm. um, it's... Uh, it's what it will be easy to identify because it will be a lighter gray. That's the clay. Yes. So the this this first six to eight inches that's considered topsoil, correct? Correct. And and that's what you got to. That's the living. That's what all the life on this planet, living above the earth anyway, depends on. Without that six inches of topsoil, none of us would be here. Tell yes. me more, Kurt. I believe that was the dust bowl, was it not? When the when the uh, yeah. The topsoil? Well, to... yeah. So a, a lot of areas in the United States that have been farmed continuously for a long time used to have considerably more topsoil than they have now. But through wind and, and water erosion, a lot of that has been lost. But it's it's those top six, six inches in particular that we plant into that have to provide all the nutrients for anything that that is going to grow in that soil. So we're talking healthy soil, healthy plants, healthy animals, including us as animals. Should we like go to a garden store and get 
like topsoil, like the miracle grow and whatnot? Are those good things to mix in? Is that besides? Well, that, absolutely. Um, you can do that. You, and you can make your own over, over time mm-hmm. by making sure that you are working the soil every spring, every fall. Get that shovel, turn the soil, throw a brick of peat moss on the top, work it in. Mm-hmm. Um, let, the, let the mulch that you've put down from, from the summer, work it into the soil. Mm-hmm. Let it break down over the winter and in the early spring so that when you're planting for the next year, you've been working in these various um, additives. Um, the alkalinity of the soil, the, the balance of the acid uh, and the alkalinity is is important depending on what you are going to plant because certain things like certain types of soil. Um, one thing I do know just from my experience is that spices like sandier soil generally and many people will try to throw their, their basil and their spices into their vegetable garden that's, you know, the dark, loamy um, topsoil I would say put them in a pot and throw a little sand in the soil and you're going to do a lot better with those spices. Well, we're coming down to the end of this first segment, but we're going to keep talking about dirt because we have only touched the surface of the dirt (laughs) stories that we have to tell. And I don't know about you, but Memorial Day weekend is always the time that I think about getting my plants in because I know it's not going to freeze, or at least I hope it doesn't freeze from this point forward. So stay tuned. We're going to have some... um, some commercials, but we'll be right back. Connections Radio Show wants to feature your favorite nonprofits as well as the arts that mean the most to you. Do you have a nonprofit you care about or an artist that you'd like to have featured on Connections Radio Show? We have very reasonable advertising and sponsorship packages that would provide for an on-air segment or perhaps a whole show. Interested? I'm Lori Fitz, and contact me at fitzradio at gmail.com. That's F-I-T-Z radio at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 on Monday mornings at 7.30. This Monday, I'll be back to talk about someone who's made the world a better place. Yes, Ellie 2.0 is about idealism and my own practical idealism, where I share not only about real heroes, but also about my work as I go across North America, training on human inclusivity, and where I seek to make the world a better place. Please tune in. LD 2.0 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Minnesota's appliance specialists at Warner Stellion are offering memorable savings right now. Choose any Bosch or KitchenAid dishwasher at our guaranteed price, then save more with free installation from our trusted specialists. Save hundreds on top-rated laundry pairs, French door refrigerators, and more kitchen packages than you can count. Warner Stellion has all the best brands, including Whirlpool, GE, Frigidaire, LG, and Samsung. Memorable savings on appliances now through June 2nd can only be found at Minnesota's original appliance specialist, Warner Stallion. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us. By opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests, we'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, president of Minnesota Hospice, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on AM 950 on Saturdays from noon to one. Our team from Minnesota Hospice will be continuing our series titled Lifting the Veil, Revealing the Spiritual Truths About Dying and Death, where we share insights on the spiritual aspects of this profound experience. Please join us Saturday from noon to one for the new Minnesota Hospice show and learn more about us online at minnesotahospice.com. The Firestone 30-Day Buy and Try Guarantee. It's the guarantee that means if you're not satisfied within the first 30 days of your tire purchase, Firestone will refund or replace them. No one is more committed to the quality of their tires than Firestone, and we stand behind everything we put our name on. Because while finding the right tire isn't always easy, choosing the right name should be. Find the right tire for you at your local Firestone retailer. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Limitations and restrictions apply. See FirestoneTire.com for full details. Welcome back to 
show. We're so glad that you made the connection today. We're talking about gardens. We're talking about planting. We're talking about dirt. Uh, we're talking poetry. Uh, we've got Catherine McEnroe, who I consider to be a garden, uh, <laughs> a garden magician. And she's also a lawyer, so she's, you know, wicked smart. And then we have Kurt Schultz, who is a farmer down in Glencoe. Wicked. Wick, a wicked farmer <laughs> wicked as farmer. well. And he uh, raises grass-fed beef. That's correct. And he also has a show, a one-man show, Old Herbaceous. Old Herbaceous. It's about an old English gardener. And, and he tells his life story from the time he was but a wee chap until an older man. He spends his entire life working at an English manor. Mm. And in this story that you tell... Are gardens his heart and soul? Gardening is what he does. Ah. As a young boy, he entered a, a flower competition at the, in the local village and won. And then was taken on by an English manor. And he was, as he grew older, in charge of the gardens, the flowers, the vegetables. Now, this is a show that you are promoting. It's a one-man show. It runs about an hour. It's, yeah, a little more than an hour, yes. And if folks are interested and want to learn more, you want to give them your email? Absolutely. If you, You're going to want to see this show, folks. My email is A-Y-E-R-S-T-E-I-N at gmail.com. Just, just contact me and I'd be happy to communicate with you. Now, we left uh, the show uh, talking about... Uh, Good dirt. And now I'd like to talk a little bit about zones and, and times to plant. I know that Memorial Day is the time that I've always thought about planting, but it's changed over the last 15, 20 years, hasn't it? Well, certainly the, 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 um, the zone map put out by the National Gardening Association and the USDA has shown that plant hardiness um, and that is what will survive a winter in any given location has shifted considerably um, in the last 20 years. We previously were about a zone 3A, which means that the low temperature during the winter was somewhere between 35 below and 40 below. And I guess global warming is a good thing in Minnesota because now we are a <laughs> zone 4B, and that is a range of negative 20 to negative 25 during the winter. So we've warmed up a little bit. We have. And that means that there are plants that we used to um, sort of be, that would not survive our winter and come back, perennial plants that we can now plant in Minnesota, which is a good thing. Um, but it does show the change over time that global warming has had on anybody who's interested in gardening or farming. I've also heard that people, uh, I like I have my flower garden in one place and I've got my vegetable garden in another, but I've heard that sometimes it's nice to create a kitchen garden that actually has the flowers and the vegetables together, that they actually kind of help each other out with the, with natural. Um, Absolutely. Keeping bugs and whatnot at Correct. bay. Correct. And I think um, planting perennials anywhere um, in a garden is a good idea. The um, planting trees, planting perennials, something that is going to um, maintain for years and years and years without a lot of um, attention and tilling of the soil is going to assist in the <clears throat> environmental issues that we're dealing with today. Um, I know the Royal Horticultural Society has put out um, a recent study about urban gardens and how important they are in helping to cool the temperatures in cities where everything is um, so uh, covered in asphalt and cement. I had a, a guest on a few years back who was really into green roofing and making sure that in uh, big cities that more and more gardens were being planted on the tops of these apartment houses. And people were like, well, what's the big deal about that? Until they saw that the electricity bills were going Correct. down. There were all kinds of benefits. Right. It, it is a, it's a cooling factor. Um, the plants will take in the heat. The soil will absorb the heat. 
And that doesn't happen if everything is a hard surface, um, some sort of metal, glass, uh, asphalt, mm -hmm. cement. I know my girlfriend is currently living in Shanghai in China, and they are way ahead of us. They are not only doing green roofs, but they are doing green walls wow. on some of their high rises. Um, so basically, the, the building is growing. <laughs> I've also heard that they've taken floors to do like the essential farming in the urban city where you can have a whole floor that's actually growing tomatoes and and right. food. hydroponics. Yeah, yes. exactly. Absolutely. The Another thing about, <clears throat> excuse me, perennials, whether it's in a garden or in a, in a pasture or a field, is they establish a much deeper root system. And that creates channels in the soil so that the soil holds water better. You have less runoff, less flooding. You have water retention in the soil in times of drought. So whether you're planting a garden or wherever you're planting, perennial, I like perennials. I have seen um, local governments um, recognizing the need for rain gardens. And even in Stillwater, Minnesota, where I live, I have seen near areas um, in a local neighborhood that used to flood uh, near the sewers, sewer drains, they have built rain gardens. And tell me what a rain garden is. Well, a rain garden is um, an effort to capture rainwater and put it back into the soil as opposed to having it run into sewer drains and go into that sewer system. And the idea is you dig a garden that is um, sort of a, a bowl shape. Uh, you dig it down so that it will actually hold the water like a bowl and you fill it with perennials. And that way the rain will pool in the rain garden as opposed to running off um, into the systems. That and the, the plants are in. drinking it up. That's exactly right. And the are, soil is drinking it up. Are there plants that are better for that? That I, I would assume that, you know, really Perennials, like, again, are really grasses. like water. And yeah. grasses, natural grasses. <clears throat> the other thing a perennial do, will do is when we get into our Minnesota winters, that the top of that plant dies off. But what's down in the soil still lives. And it's helping to feed the soil. And that's especially true with perennial plants. Mm -hmm. And the, they develop a, a much more extensive root system, which is always feeding the life in the soil. Now, I just love daylilies. I know that they can take over, but I still think that they're absolutely gorgeous. And, and, and it's one easy example if you want to have something that is fairly easy to keep. Absolutely. And, you know, they take over. That's a good thing. Um, I recently spent um, a day in a girlfriend's garden splitting her daylilies. You dig them up, you take a <laughs> shovel, you slice them right in half, you peel them apart. And I took those and planted them in another girlfriend's mm -hmm. garden. Um, so you have with perennials the ability to perpetuate gardens um, and to share that with other people, which is something I love doing. I, I don't have my own garden right now where I live in a townhouse, but I garden in other people's gardens. And we're already coming down to the end of the second segment, so stay tuned. There's more to talk about with perennials and gardens and, and fun things to do in Memorial Day weekend. We'll be right back. The NLS Braille and Talking Book Program gives patrons the freedom to read their way, listen to their stories. When I lost my sight, the only thing I had was reading. And it was like therapy to me. NLS has uh, pretty much anything you'd possibly want to read. Just can't recommend it enough. It's a free service. It's amazing how much you can get. I have used every means there is, I think, of getting access to the National Library Service books. If you want to read in electronic braille, you can. If you want to read on your phone, you can. If you want to read in print, you can. Everybody can read the way they want to read using this program. And it's a program worth looking into. For more information about the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped Library of Congress, visit loc.gov slash thatallmayread or call 1-888-NLS-READ.
Minnesota is home to the only major institution in North America devoted to Russian art, history, and culture. The Museum of Russian Art, located off 35W on Diamond Lake Road in South Minneapolis, can be your personal connection to extraordinary artists, stories, and context. We offer more exhibitions and events than ever before, from concerts and lectures to vodka tastings and more. Open daily, free parking, and a great group on deal. Find out more at tmora.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. My first Toyota love was the RAV4 back in 1998. When I was traveling in February, I needed a rental car, and I jumped at the opportunity to drive one again. The RAV4 is fantastic with all the bells and whistles you need, and it has all the modern safety features to keep us safe comfort as we vacationed. It fit all five of us and our luggage with ease. I was able to revisit my first love. Now, you can fall in love for yourself by test driving a RAV4 today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny and hot with a high near 95. Tonight, clear with a low around 67. Sunday, sunny and hot with a high near 97. And Sunday night, a low around 70. Memorial Day will be clear with a high of 94 and a low around 70. The Bad Waitress at 700 Central in Northeast Minneapolis is a bit more grown up than its sister on Nicollet. Offering free parking in the back, this finer diner vibe has a full bar serving craft cocktails and a brand new inventive dinner menu including the chicken did waffle. Check out the full menu at thebadwaitress.com. Welcome back to the Connections Radio Show. We're talking about gardens. We're talking about how to make our gardens richer, things to think about for the gardens, things to think about with our soil. And I have two wonderful guests joining me today. I have Catherine McEnroe, who is my garden magician. She advises me. She inspires me. She helps me understand what to do with my my little hobby farm. She's also a lawyer, and she's very, very smart. Hello, Catherine. Good morning. Good morning. I also have Kurt Schultz here. Kurt is a farmer. He has like about 70 acres down in uh, Glencoe. He raises grass-fed beef. He loves the land. He grew up. Uh, he's living in the home that he grew up in. That's correct. And he is a thespian. He does a one-man show. You're not only an actor, but you're also a director. I've done some directing, mm-hmm. primarily acting. Though. Primarily acting. And if folks get interested in having um, the, a one-man show about gardening uh, and life, uh, our friend Kurt does a show called Old Herbaceous. And would you like to give us that Gmail? Uh, the Gmail is A-Y-E-R-S-T-E-I-N at gmail.com. And if folks are interested in learning more about that, they can send you an email and yes. you're, you're taking it on the road. Absolutely. Yes, it's ready to go. Well, I our... just performed it actually about three weeks ago at the... Um, Southwest Minnesota Artists Retreat in Tyler. How did that go? Really well. Really well. Art and nature seem to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about perennials. Uh, the last thing we talked about is how wonderful these great perennials can dig into the soil and have deep roots. And we talked about lilies. And on break, we talked about our favorite flowers that go into salads. Now, Kurt feels that lilies are delicious in a salad. I yes, have never, I've never done a lily. I've always been shy around the lily in, in ripping its petals and putting into a salad. Well, I, I have a lot of them, so pulling off a few petals for the salad isn't so bad because uh, there's always more. And uh, Catherine and I are... are I mo- prefer the nasturtium. I do, too. I love... And they come in pretty colors. Now, those are not perennials, but no. I do like to throw them in a pot 
and uh, have them available for salads. They, they are a multi-purpose. I think we should have a salad party is what I think. <laughs> I, I do believe so, yes. <laughs> well, they are a multi-purpose because they're lovely on the patio. I love having them in the pot so they make your patio look pretty. Very colorful. And then you can, colorful. you know, bring them up, pick them over, put them in your salad. I sometimes have children over and I will like pick a flower and eat it in front of them. Yes, they're they're quite surprised. <laughs> yes, I love their little looks. Like, you just a flower. Yes, I did. And I think we should remember that anything that blossoms is going to attract bees. Yes. And, and Many things eat flowers. It's <laughs> really, really important. Now, bees, I'm I'm very concerned about, as, as many people are. It seems like we're getting less and less bees, and I'm a great fan of honey. And so I thought, well, maybe I should start having, you know, getting bees. And I was cautioned that getting bees is not necessarily going to help. Uh, what really helps is planting food for the bees. They're already being starved. So what are some things that I should plant for my bees? Well, one thing I like to plant, um, the common name is bee balm, mm-hmm. but uh, the technical name I believe is Monarda. And you can get it in a variety of colors. It is a perennial that, like lilies, will mm-hmm. grow and spread every year. And it also attracts hummingbirds. Oh, I love hummingbirds. And butterflies. And butterfly weed is another that's very good. Um, Beautiful, colored, you know, medium-sized perennial. Um, The more you can plant these types of perennials in your rain garden, in your vegetable garden at the back, um, you are going to help the bee and butterfly population survive. When we first get started, like with bee bombs, is there some special care that I should give as I'm getting them started? Should I start them inside and then plant them later? Or? No, it, you can find them at any garden store, and they're hardy perennials in Minnesota. You just throw them right in the soil. They'll come back every year. Uh, they'll usually spread. Um, in fact, the red variety spreads quite wildly, <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have to keep an eye on that. But... Um, those types of plants are essential uh, to help the, the butterflies and the bees survive, and we need those bees to pollinate the crops. Yes. Yeah. I, and one thing that, that I would recommend is don't kill those dandelions because it's one of the first things that flowers in the spring or early summer, and bees will go to the dandelions for nectar. I think that brings us to sort of the fork in the road that some people have, like I am not a big fan of perfect lawns. Now, I know there are people out there that really make sure that their lawn is absolutely perfect, but I like the dandelion, but not everyone does. And if you don't like the dandelion and you've got those dandelions that go to seed and they start to float around, you may have some neighborhood uh, issues about the dandelion. I know I did when I lived in Edina. I had neighbors knocking on my door going, uh, really, we'd like to have the dandelions out. So you, you may have to, like, negotiate your your land and your, your dandelions, but I'm a great big fan of them. I would um, – we, we, don't, we don't change our, our views very easily or very quickly, but mm-hmm. we, part of this whole big picture is changing the way we think about how we treat the earth. Yeah. And when, when you're killing dandelions or any other plant, with chemicals, not only are you killing a source of food, but then neotonicanoids are poisonous to bees. So it's we're doing double double duty there in in harming ourselves, really. Mm-hmm. So keep those dandelions, and then talk to your neighbors about how important those dandelions are. So that they make they're, the dandelion greens are good in salads too. By the way, if you That's, get them early in the summer. That is true. <laughs> and I have never had, but I've always wanted dandelion wine. It's very good. So heritage seeds is also something I have on my list here of things that would be cool to talk about. You have a great passion for heritage seeds. Tell me more about that, Kurt. Well, um, I, I don't consider myself an expert on this by any means, but we were talking on break about the different varieties of corn that had been developed in South America and varieties that will grow in certain soils or a variety they would plant in a drought year. And they were all adapted to for different purposes. And the same thing is true with, with tomatoes, potatoes. The list is pretty long, but we've lost a lot of those, those seeds because of monocultures and hybridization. 
when we breed a tomato that will survive being shipped all the way across the United States, it we lose a lot of the the, the flavor and texture in it that we had with some of these heritage foods. And when I think of heritage, I think of like the heirloom tomatoes. They are mm-hmm. they are part of our right. our heritage. Absolutely. And I know that there are places that you can go to get uh, more of the seeds of our ancestors. Well, I believe there's a vault of seeds. Um, I, I buy my seeds from se- the Seed Savers Exchange in that's, Iowa. Yes, that's And they what have a lot of heritage yeah. seeds. Um, the, the native seeds in Arizona, I, a lot of that that they have down there might not work up here in in this far north different zone but there are there are there are several other places too that i think if you just go on the internet and look for heritage seeds you can find a lot yeah there are quite a few catalogs i've seen for heritage seeds we used to plant um giant pumpkins i remember those uh those seeds from somewhere over on the east coast but i i know that um Saving varieties of plants is essential to saving our climate, saving our earth. And I know that there's a vault of seeds. Norway. In Norway, yes, to, that, that is to protect in the event of, you know, a catastrophic nuclear war or something like that. So that if we need to regenerate the plants on earth, we can do that. Um, it's too bad that it would take, you know, something like that in order to understand the variety is good for the earth. Absolutely. It's both sad and hopeful that, that we are uh, wanting to preserve. Right. These, these different crops and the different strains in these crops were all developed over th- thousands, hundreds of thousands of years by people who were cultivating them, and they all served a purpose. And we've kind of forgotten that. And, and it's important to save these seeds because we may very well need them for our very survival someday. Well, as I'm thinking of surviving my summer <laughs> and I'm looking at planting, I always, I don't start them inside. I know a lot of people do. But I go to the farmer's market and I start looking for the little seedlings that have already sort of made it through their first, you know, I don't want to get tomatoes that have flowers on them. I know that much is that you should make sure that they're rooted before the little flowers come out. But are there some other tips that you guys want to give me about things that I should be looking for when I go to the farmer's market and picking out my plants? Well, I think a couple of things you want. I think it's easy to tell, even if you're not a gardening uh, guru, is to look at the plant and see if it has any sort of disease or spots or black leaves or yellow, too yellow of leaves. Um, you want to make sure that the plant you're getting is healthy. With regard to tomatoes, one thing that I would do is, if you can, if it has a long enough um, stem when you buy it, you can actually plant it even a little deeper than it's currently planted. And the bottom part of the stem of the tomato will also root and you will get a much better tomato plant if you do it that way if you take your small seedling and bury it just a little bit deeper in the soil not only that but as they start to grow you you have a more stable plant because it's rooted deeper it'll withstand wind or heavy rains that kind of thing a lot Mm -hmm. better and you all recommend of course the tomatoes with cages or stakes right well, certainly, um, if you're if it's not if it's not just a, a little uh, tiny tomato <laughs> salad tomato, then yes, absolutely. Um, there's just about anything would work. You know, you can have your standard metal cages. You can build them yourself out of um, wood. You can stake them. You know, tie them up. Um, if you stake them, you're going to have to keep an eye on them because they they get large. I I do think that. Um, one thing in gardening is that people have to remember when you're first planting your garden, whether it's a flower garden, shrubs, or vegetables, that things do grow. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but they really do. So, so don't put them right next uh, to each other. So how far apart? If I'm getting tomatoes, it's like 8 to 12 inches apart? At least. Okay. I, I do I do something that I'm, I'm sure would, would defy a, a lot of the 
accepted knowledge, but when I plant things like, for example, potatoes and squash, I plant them quite close together. And my thinking was originally when I started doing that is I'll just go out and weed some of that out and then I'll have, have a better stand. But I've also found that particularly potatoes and squash, when they're planted close together, once the foliage reaches out, I don't have to weed anymore. Uh-huh. Oh, they, that's they smother true. out the weeds. So sure. um, some years the potatoes are kind of small <laughs> well, and other good. years they're not. But, but sometimes but, you like um, the small to- the potatoes. The, the, one of the really wonderful things about gardening is we experiment. Exactly. And we're going to talk more about experimenting and other um, other plants to think about planting uh, this Memorial Day weekend. What are some easy vegetable garden uh, tips and what should we be planting? So we'll be right back after some commercials, but we want you to be connected to our garden. Stages Theatre Company is dedicated to creating a space where diverse opinions, courageous dialogue, and community engagement is not only valued, but vital to our shared artistic and educational success. Stages Theatre Company creates a welcoming home for all. For over 30 years, Stages has supported quality theatre programming for children. Stages gives opportunities for youth to be on stage, backstage, in the audience, and in the classroom. Whether you come to see a show, enroll a young person in a workshop, or benefit from their outreach programs in the community, Stages brings art to life. Learn about Stages Theatre by going to stagestheatre.org and become part of the magic of live theatre by taking your family to an amazing show or enrolling someone you love in an education program. Stages Theatre Company operates out of the Hopkins Center for the Arts, located in Main Street in the heart of downtown Hopkins. For more information on Stages Theatre, go to stagestheatre.org. That's stagestheatre.org. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us. By opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests, we'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show, and together we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's a great day for a bike ride. What's that? You can't find your bike? Oh, it has a flat. No problem. Take it to Nakoma's Cycle, the hardest working bike shop in town. They're celebrating their 23rd year in business. In that time, they've mastered the art of friendly, dependable service. So keep life and your bike moving with Nakoma's Cycle, working harder to make you go faster. Nakoma's Cycle at the corner of 46th and Bloomington Avenue South in Minneapolis or at NakomaCycle.com. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. Connections Radio Show wants to feature your favorite nonprofits as well as the arts that mean the most to you. Do you have a nonprofit you care about or an artist that you'd like to have featured on Connections Radio Show? We have very reasonable advertising and sponsorship packages that would provide for an on air segment or perhaps a whole show. Interested? I'm Lori Fitz and contact me at fitzradio at gmail.com. That's F I T Z radio at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. This has gone so fast. It's great talking about gardening, and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I've learned so much from Catherine McEnroe, who is my garden magician and lawyer. Good morning. We're so glad you're here. We have Kurt Schultz, who is a farmer, a cattle raiser of grass-fed beef, a thespian, and a person who does a one-man show called Old Herbaceous. Good morning. Good morning. So we were talking at the end about different things that you can plant. Um, We'll talk some more about that. But we also want to talk about experimenting, being bold in your garden, taking the initiative to try something new. Catherine, tell me about experimenting. Well, I think that uh, many new gardeners um, 
we'll we'll plant perennials. They'll they'll try something. The second year comes, it doesn't come back up. Just try something else. It's good to be reassured because it does kind of break your heart. It does. It does. You've invested in plants. um, You're hoping, you're very hopeful, and then it doesn't turn out how you wanted. And it isn't because you're not a good gardener. Uh, Or that they didn't like us. Yes. A certain (laughs) plant may, may have been not the healthiest plant. It might not be the exact right location in your yard for that particular plant. Um, perhaps the zone is not correct for your plant. And one thing, um, if you experiment with plants, it will lead you to want to learn more every year about your garden. Um, new gardeners, what I see is that they, they realize the, um, the benefits, uh, the soul regenerating ability of putting your hands in the dirt there and is they something get hooked about on it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, if, if there is something alive in the dirt, as we've been talking about, sure that energizes us, but I it do does. believe so. I and as, as someone who's, you know, spends her life with papers, um, as a lawyer, it, it really does regenerate me to put my hands in the soil. And I think when you get hooked on that, you have to learn that this is going to be a lifelong passion mm-hmm. And you will have gardens for years and years and years, and you will have opportunities. So try not to be too disappointed when something doesn't quite work out. Um, It will lead you to um, something that will educate you about a particular plant. Do you journal? I I hear some people talking about their garden journals. Um, I do not, but my best friend Mimi does journal and keeps very close track of what she has planted. She is also a person who... um, at this point in Minnesota, has tomato plants that she started in her house that are now about three feet tall. I love it. I love it. I think it's important to remember, too, that there's really no such thing as failure with this. And it's important to be be curious. And we need to remember that um, when some things fail one year, that's, this is nature working here. And there's a bigger reason why that happens. I can, I can notice that in my pastures that some grasses thrive better some years than others. It's just nature at work. Exactly. We need to we need to be part of it rather than apart from it. Well, I'm going to also be posting uh, on my Facebook connections page about some plants that do better together, some vegetables that do better together, and some that do not get along at all. And I think that that's helpful as you're you're looking for um, what to plant and where to plant and how to plant and all of that good stuff. But we also want to talk about chickens today. Um, My friend, Kurt here, has uh, purchased some baby chicks that I will be a beneficiary of at least some of them. Uh, They're new this year. They're blue, and they're called Sapphire Gems. Tell me how these baby chicks are doing. They're doing great. They're about three weeks old now and growing really fast. And it's going to be interesting to see what they're like as mature birds. Chickens are amazing, and they actually can be a great help to the gardener. Oh, yes. They uh, are great with getting the bugs down. And in the spring, I find that when they are going through the garden, they actually start doing some tilling for oh, me. Oh, yeah. They're great tillers. They'll scratch around the soil digging for bugs, and they, they, they move the soil around a little bit. They aerate it. It's good for the soil. Now, spring's a great time for them because especially they're looking for seed. They're looking for, you know, so they're really digging in. They're, they're going to get to the worms. They're going to do all sorts of good things. Now, chickens can be a challenge because they do like to eat everything. I, I have had some gardens be um, chicken bombed. Um, so I have to create a fence by the time I start really gardening. But they do have amazing eggs. Catherine can attest to the chickens. I was the beneficiary. <laughs> of uh, Lori's chicken eggs, and they were delicious. They do, um, they, ha- they, they have a meatier, richer flavor than a normal pasteurized egg. If you all have not had fresh farm eggs, go to the farmer's market and buy some. Um, at first, I was not crazy about the idea about getting chickens because I thought, oh, they're just messy and they're birds. And I had always had a trouble eating eggs, so I thought, well, I'll never eat the eggs because it's just going to make my stomach hurt. 
I was amazed. The first time I ate a fresh egg, it was like I'd never eaten an egg before. And and no stomach problems, no. I'm wondering if some of the problems that I've had with eggs uh, that I have bought is that they're old. You know, that 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 could be. But a lot of the eggs you buy in a store are are from chickens that are locked up in a barn and, and, and fed textured feed rather than chickens out in a yard feeding themselves. Anybody who doubts that there's a difference in the <laughs> eggs just needs to try them, and you'll see what we Well, and that's true of the beef as well. Yes. Eating grass-fed beef it tastes completely different. Mm-hmm. So tell me about why you decided to do grass-fed beef. Well, I grew up on what was a dairy farm, and when when it was no longer a dairy farm, I decided that if I was going to eat meat, I wanted to raise it myself, so I know what is or is not in it. When we were milking cows, we never we did. There was a little bit of grass, but it, we didn't do a lot of grazing. But I could certainly see the benefit, the health benefit, of being grass fed. And I just decided that that's what's best for the soil. It's best for the animals, so it's also best for me. And it is the the omega three fatty acids come from the grass through the beef into the hamburger that you're eating or the steak, mm-hmm. and it is healthier. And that is true of the eggs as well. Well, I, I know about grass with my horses, that when they start eating the grass after a long winter, their coats shut out quicker yes. when they're on grass, and it's a shinier coat. So you can see the benefit of that mm-hmm. fresh grass just looking at them over a period of two weeks. But the same thing is happening with that egg or the meat that's under that hide, it's it's the same thing is happening. It's it's all that health benefit, and I don't, I do not have need for a veterinarian. Oh, I never have any health issues. Well, with that, we're going to close up. We're going to make sure that folks know about old herbaceous. Yes, Give us please. that email again. A y e r s t e i n at gmail. Contact me and I'll get right back to you. Promise. And, and it's a charming one-man show about old herbaceous who tells us about gardening. So consider that as something fun to either bring to your community or bring to a party. I hear you're going to be featured at a party sometime soon. So yes. old herbaceous makes his appearance at all kinds of cool places. And Catherine, thank you for being our garden magician. Thank you for all the help that you've helped me with my little hobby farm. Get out this weekend and dig in. I will. I will. I'll get my fingernails dirty in the dirt and soil. And I hope you will too. I hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend and I hope you celebrate it outside. Have a good one.